Boogeyman is real, and you found him. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bearded Horror Review. My name is Dan, aka the Boogeyman, and on this show I will review a horror movie, either a classic or a new release. Uh, I will go through it in non-spoiler and spoiler territory, give you a rating, see if I liked it or not, and yeah, tell you whether it was worth a watch or not, in my humble opinion. Um, this week, so I'd actually planned to do another movie this week. Um, but essentially, <laughs> essentially, to be able to rent this movie, uh, it, I was going to watch Renfield uh, and review that. It's been on my watch list for a while, and I didn't get to manage to see it at the cinema for one reason or another. Um, so I was going to rent it on Amazon Prime, and I looked at it, and to rent it, it was something like 14 quid just to rent it. I'm I'm no way in a, as as much as I love movies I'm not renting a movie for 14 quid. If I'm paying 14 quid, I'm expecting the Blu-ray in my house. And plus, you know, life and I can't just go around renting movies willy-nilly at 14 pounds. So, I put a poll up on my Instagram. Uh if you don't know what that is, that's uh, it's boogeyman underscore boogie underscore man underscore dh. Um and I asked a few different movies. Um, I'm not going to say what all the movies were, if you if you didn't know, but um, there's a couple of movies that I really want to do. Uh, there was a classic in there, and there was a couple of new releases that have come out in the last, you know, six months. And uh, so, so I really wanted to watch. Uh, some of them I've seen, some of them I haven't. Um, and But they were easier to rent, and I was happy to, to watch all of them. Um this movie that we're going to talk about today won by a landslide. Um, a lot of people wanted me to talk about this movie, so yeah, we're going to talk about it. And that movie is Evil Dead Rise. Um, now, I am a big Evil Dead fan. I think I will end up talking about uh, the original Evil Dead movies at some point on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Evil Dead fan. I absolutely love the first original trilogy. Um, this is going to probably trigger some people, but Army of Darkness is actually my favourite. I was just pausing for the, what the fuck, <laughs> people. Some people will be like, yeah, and some people are like, what the fuck? So we'll see which is which for you guys. Um, and then I want to talk about the the the, re, the reboot of sorts, which this movie kind of puts in a different light. This Evil Dead Rise, it puts the the Evil Dead from twenty twelve, I think it's in a different light. Twenty twelve, thirteen, puts it in a different light. Um, so we're going to talk about that when I get to the spoilers section. But yeah, so Evil Dead, like I said, I love Evil Dead. I grew up watching the Evil Dead. Uh, it was one of those video nasties um, that ended up getting watched in my house um, through one reason or another. I grew up in a weird household. Um, I would go and visit my father at the weekends and he would basically take us to the 
the video rental store. He'd, he'd rent us whatever movie we want. So, we, so I think it's just so we could sit down and shut up for a few hours, put a movie on. He didn't care what it was, uh, and he would make he would let us watch the movie. What, it didn't matter what it was. If we picked it, it was like it's your, if you get scared, it's your funeral. <laughs> That's basically what happened, and we watched some strange movies. Well, Evil Dead as well. Watched Evil Dead. It was always one of those films that was on Channel Four late at night uh, in the late nineties. So yeah, it was. It was just. Um, it was one of those movies that was always on. It was always culturally referenced as well. Um, it doesn't really get brought up much anymore. But when I was growing up, there was a lot of Evil Dead references in other media. Um, even like the film, like High Fidelity, references Evil Dead too. Like. It's just a lot of like there's a, it was everywhere. Evil Dead was a big deal, and and rightfully so. And so when I heard about Evil Dead Rise, well over a year ago now, must have been, um, I was quite skeptical. In all honesty, even though the the, the original trilogy is fantastic, the 2012, 2013, I always forget what year is the the reboot. Awesome film, but a completely different tone to the original trilogy. Um, so when they announced this, that they were saying one, it's it's no longer a cabin in the woods film, and it's going to be set in an apartment block, hence the name Evil Dead Rise, as in High Rise, and um, and you know the old Rising of the Dead, the old double double meaning, so clever, so smart. <laughs> um, I was skeptical, not gonna lie very very skeptical um but then i saw a few trailers for the film again um if you have seen listen to my scene listen to the boogeyman review that i did last week uh i mentioned that i try and avoid trailers as much as possible with evil dead rise i think i saw two trailers i saw the original tease and then i saw the first original the, the first official trailer um, because I said I was very so I was already on the back foot and I wanted my mind to be changed on this one. This is one of those rare occasions I actually needed to see more. And when I saw the teaser, I was like, okay, okay, it's, it's piqued my interest. I became that meme, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Uh, and then when I saw the original trailer, I was like, yep, I'm watching that 100%, watching it, going in. That's it. I'm, I'm invested. So I avoided everything else from that point. Um, yeah, so I, I, I remember I watched it on the day that it came out. It was one of those where I just happened to be able, at last minute, to be able to go see it. A bunch of people had asked to, to, for me to go see it, um, including from people that wanted me to see it the next week. And I was like, yeah, 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 so fine. I'm sure I'll be able to avoid spoilers for the weekend. And then it came up. I was off that day. Um, I was I wasn't gonna go out, and I got an offer to basically go and see it. And I was like, you know what? I am just gonna do it. I'm just gonna like because my local cinema didn't have it on uh, at the times that I was available. So I was like, yep, yeah, screw it. I'm gonna go with this, this other cinema with this other person. It's gonna be great. And it's gonna be so. And we watched it. And now I'm going to have to go into a review, okay? Because I watched it at the cinema. We'll leave it there. Non-spoiler review first. What I'll do is I'll do a non-spoiler review. Then I'll go into a spoiler review. I will I will put time codes uh, below if you don't want to hear 
um, about spoilers. So you can skip it and just go to the end of the episode. Uh, but yeah, from now on, non-spoiler. So, like I said when I mentioned the title, this film is set in an apartment building. So, the very simple summary is um, a single mother with her three kids, she's a tattoo artist, lives in an apartment building that will soon be knocked down in about a month's time. Um, and one night... The mother's sister shows up out of the blue. And while they're there, they're in LA, an earthquake happens. Through the earthquake, one of the kids is able to find in a crack in the floor uh, the Necronomicon. And then it all goes tits up from there. So, non-spoilers, this film, I feel... Like it was trying to do a small, not not halfway, but it was trying to add a little bit of humour back into the Evil Dead movies. So if you've seen Evil Dead 1, you'll know it's accidentally humorous in places. However, it is very scary from, from the time that it was released. Evil Dead 2, they lent into the comedy a bit more. Evil Dead 3, it's basically an action comedy. Um, so I think they tried to find a happy medium where they were just a little bit more into the humour. But the scares are fantastic. The direction is brilliant. The sound design is incredible. The the gore, I suppose, for lack of a better word, the effects are fucking brilliant. There is one scene in it that it's a, it's a flashing moment, but it will stick with me forever. Um it involves a kitchen utensil. If you have seen the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so it just, it just, it did something primal in me that, and when I was in the cinema, I like wriggled and went in my seat out loud. It's, it's got some fantastic moments, and our main actress uh, playing the mother, who, through the events, gets possessed fucking phenomenal actress she does so well in this role um i was just so chuffed with with everyone that was kind of uh, involved um it was just a, a great movie uh, i really really enjoyed it Alyssa sutherland i've actually looked a name up for once guys so Alyssa sutherland uh, who plays the mother uh ellie um amazing job but she's having to be a loving mother at the start and then she's having to be grown-up stern sister and then she's having to be um evil demonic possessed demon uh, it's great it's so well done um a couple of things about it you know which unfortunately instead of making it now at the time i was like 10 out of 10 amazing but now i've had time to think about it I would, it's more of like a um, an 8 out of 10 uh, for me. There was a few things about it that seemed to fall flat, which I will talk about in the spoilers uh, section. But overall, it's just a great movie. It's, it's just really, really well made. It genuinely gave me the creeps, uh, which is very rare for me because I've seen so many horrors. And yeah, it just, yeah just entertained me which is what i'm looking for in a horror film it entertained me 
And at that point, we're now going to go into spoilers. So if you don't want the film to be spoiled, turn this off, watch Evil Dead Rise. I think it is on streaming now. Um, go and watch this movie. If you're a fan of the Evil Dead films, if you liked the, the reboot, go and watch it. It is so good. It's, it's worth a watch. So spoilers from now. Um, and again, what I want to say is uh, apologies if you can hear like birds chirping and things. So I record this podcast at home and there is a heat wave going on at the moment. It is about 30 degrees. So all the windows are open. I'm doing my very best to block out the noise, but you can, yeah, there's, there's, there's birds in the trees outside of my house. So there we go. So it's so Evil Dead Rise does a bit of a bait and switch. It starts in a cabin in the woods. Now, I told you that it they, this story isn't a cabin in the woods film. It's not. But it has a very short section at the start of the film, which is set in a cabin in the woods. So it centers around a girl. So there's shows this really weird shaped cabin in the woods. Uh, there's obviously a couple of people at this cabin. Um, there's a girl who is there with her friend who's clearly sick. Her female friend is sick and the person's um, boyfriend, the, the girl who's sick, is there as well. The opening, it does this amazing thing. So one of the Evil Dead's trademarks is its cinematography, which is it's, some of them, it's his point of view camera points, where it's these very long sweeping shots of a camera running through the woods it'll be jerky it'll be it'll be kind of ethereal almost and it's supposed to symbolize the evil's point of view hunting down our victims um and we have a sweeping shot across the lake of of um like it looks a very familiar shot we know it's sweeping and it's slowly coming across this lake and it's going towards a girl and it comes right at it almost hits her turns out to be a drone that is being piloted by this boyfriend who turns out to be a, a douchebag, um, which they always are. They're always a douchebag. They're always a douchebag. I don't think I've ever seen a horror movie where there isn't a douchebag boyfriend. Um, it's just a trope. It is what it is. Like I told you, all these films have blueprints. Um, and this is one of the stereotypes. This is one of the blueprints. Um, you have to have a douchebag boyfriend. And the girl sat there and he's being a douche and she's like sat on the uh, the pier of the lake and she goes inside to check on her friend. Friend is passed out on the bed, clearly very unwell. So she starts reading Withering Heights, I think it is. And she's just sat there reading. And all of a sudden her friend starts to read from the page that, that this girl is on. And it's freaking her out and the voice gets demonic and deep and it starts going and it's it's building this tension and it's quite stressful and boom girl falls on the floor book shut and our character goes to check on um on the girl on the sick girl who's fallen off the bed you get the classic bait and switch of the shot eyes open up girl doesn't know that they're they're awake literally <laughs> And this possessed girl stands up and grabs this girl's head, literally fucking scalps her, like just fall on, like fucking fucking scalps her, just right there. It is like so, just boom. Here you are. 
Evil Dead movie. Fucking violent. And I remember sitting there going, what the fuck? This movie's, whoa, this movie's going already. It's like, it's jumped straight in. And the girl, like, um, stumbles outside like to the boyfriend. He's, like, freaking out. He made a joke earlier about how the the, like, the the drone couldn't take your head off, but it could cut your face up. Well, we find out that it can cut your face up. The face gets cut up. This The possessed girl shows up, uses the drone to attack the boyfriend. Um, a series of events happen. Uh, his head comes off. Uh, they end up in the lake. And then the girl from out of the water, the possessed girl, falls like they fall in the lake. Possessed girl... Start hovers out of the water and she's now hovering above the water water and blood everywhere and it's just evil dead rise and we're off that's the opening cold open and then we're into the actual film and you're just like what the fuck and we're taking somewhere else so we're taken to the sister of the character I mentioned earlier, so uh, we're taken from uh, we're taken to Ellie's sister, who is played by. I will find out for you for once. Uh, it is played by Lily Sullivan. Uh, she's Australian actress. I've seen her in a few things. She's she's um, she's she's pretty good actress. I I like her. Um, yeah, she's just, she's just one of them where I haven't really no I couldn't really tell you what I've seen her in, but I just know I saw her in things before. Now, um, she's a guitar tech. So she's in a, she's obviously at a gig venue and she's doing a pregnancy test and it comes out positive. She's not happy about it, obviously. Um, from her reaction, uh, fuck are the words I think she uses. Uh, she's a guitar tech for a band. She finds out she's pregnant. So it's at this point she decides to go home to see her older sister. And this is where we come to the main event area, I suppose. Cut to Alyssa Sutherland's family in LA, uh, where they live in this apartment building that's kind of fallen apart. It's very like there's there's only like a couple of flats that are actually occupied in the building because it's going to be demolished in a month. Um, and you're introduced to the family, so you've got you've got Ellie Sutherland, who's the mother. Um, like in previous episodes, I'm just going to be referring to the characters as what their actual character is and not their name for most of this. Uh, because, again, ADHD. If this is your first time here, I've got ADHD. Even if I write stuff down, I very r rarely remember to check it. And I will names just fall out of my head. But um, I can remember all the plot and everything. <laughs> just don't ask me why. Um, we're introduced to three children that she has. She has her son who is a DJ, who likes doing DJing in his room. Uh, we have her uh, teenage daughter, who is very much in her Justice Warrior era. Uh, she wants, she's, I believe she's making a card for a protest. She wants certain clothing for her protest. And then they've got the little girl, the youngest daughter. Uh, she appears to love making uh, <laughs> weaponry out of dolls. She's a very strange little girl, but I tell you what, if I had a daughter, that's the kind of little girl I would want. Um, and while they're doing this, she's trying to the, the mother's trying to fix her tattoo gun. She's just going about, you know, trying to make dinner, get the washing done, get clothing done, you know, 
trying to introduce you to what these fam this family is like, the family dynamic. Uh, there's no father there. We, we, we briefly kind of find out later on. And out of the blue, Ellie shows up. Not, uh, not Ellie. Uh, not Ellie. Beth, sorry. The, uh, the younger sister, Beth. Uh, Beth shows up. I told you, names fall right out of me. <laughs> well, Beth shows up on the door. Uh, bearing uh, news that she wants to see her sister and she's got r stories from the road um, and she shows up with a few gifts for people and she shows up with a gift for the father of this family clearly he wasn't there she hasn't clocked that he's not there this whole time um, it turns out that he'd left a few months ago um, and Beth kind of goes on this why didn't you tell me i would have come home it's like we and ellie says, i did try and contact you uh several times a couple of months ago um you didn't answer the phone so we're, it's setting up the dynamic between this family you know ellie is having to be a strong independent mother uh, she does her best she's not she she just she's a bit sassy uh she, but it seems like she's always had to be the caretaker you know, uh, she even says, like, uh, to Beth, the younger sister, who's the guitar tech, she said, well, you you were off being a groupie, which is just a bit of an insult. Um, so she, it, feels, it feels like she's got a bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's always had to do everything herself, where everyone else has to go and have fun. She's staying home, and she's raising the family, and it seems like she had to do it with her sister, and now she's having to do it with her own kids. And it's setting up this dynamic, and it's setting up the dynamic of maybe... Beth isn't ready to be a parent, isn't ready to be a mother. You know, she's she's a bit irresponsible. She doesn't think about others. Like I said, she doesn't even answer a phone for months. Um, so we are looking at that. Um, she says the reason was because she's been trying really hard and she wants this job to go well and she wants to be taken seriously, especially since she's a female in this industry. And there's a lot of reference to you know, women empowerment and women right and fe and, and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, feminism in this in this particular film. Um, like I said, the, the young daughter's going on a, a rally or a protest, and I think it is a feminism uh, protest. Uh, the irony is, is she's talking about, I'm going on this feminism protest. You know, we need w uh, independent women's rights, but then she wants her mother to make uh, to wash her clothes for her. <laughs> she gets she gets annoyed when she her mom says make wash your clothes you know where the washer is <laughs> so um it's just this yeah it's quite a funny little moment um ellie sends her kids away to get a pizza so beth and her can talk in private um go get a pizza and when this happens so they go away try and get a pizza as this happens don't you have uh, if you're not from america or you don't know much uh, LA has earthquakes. It's 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 built. It's set on a tectonic plate. Uh, so an earthquake happens while they're, you know, chatting. The kids are in the garage in the basement, um, and um, the Ellie and Beth are in the flat still. Earthquake happens. A huge crack opens up in the garage. So and well, there's a story that this building was built on an old bank. Uh, and they mention this kind of in fleeting as, as they're, you know, chit-chatting in the, in the, in the setup scenes. And as they do, they're right. 
it is built on an old bank because the floor opens there's a big crack that opens in the floor in the garage and they can see down below into what looks like a room that's filled with safes or security deposit boxes and the teenage boy the teen the teenage boy who he is uh, goes down into the hole and wants to look around and while he's down there he finds uh, a packet basically a, um, I don't know if it's a chest or a box but inside that chest there is a couple of old vinyls and him being a DJ he's got a record player in his room a couple of record a couple of decks and um, he takes those and also we find um, the Necronomicon we all know it's the Necronomicon I think it is like tied up um, but it is the Necronomicon 100% um, yeah but it is the Necronomicon and um, he takes it all upstairs and he wants to fiddle with it which we all know is a stupid idea the teen daughter knows it's a stupid idea and this Necronomicon, like previous Necronomicons, looks different. So the one, the original Necronomicon, um, the first three, it kind of changes look. Um, I think it's also it's always supposed to be the same Necronomicon. Um, An Evil Dead, uh, the remake, the reboot, uh, it looks different again. It's different on the inside. And this, this third one, again, looks completely different. This one has almost teeth on the outside. So where we've closed the book, it's almost like teeth are keeping, it's like a mouth that's keeping the book shut. And they can't get it open. And while they're struggling with it, the teen girl doesn't want to open it, the teen boy does. Uh, they're struggling with it and uh, one of them cuts their finger and blood drips onto the book and that opens the book. Which, I'm not the best at the occult in the world. However, if I bled on something and that made it move, I would be out of there. I would yeet that fucking thing out the window. Don't fuck with it. Do not fuck with it. The teen girl is like, do not fuck with it. And the boy's like, yeah, 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 I won't fuck with it. Of course he fucks with it. Because people are just like that. Um. Anyway. <clears throat> he does that opens it up, reads through the inside, and just like in the reboot, it shows pages of stuff that's going to happen. It foreshadows, it shows these demonic kind of possessions that are going to happen. And it's done that in the, the books before. Um, he then gets the vinyls, and I think there's three. There's three in total, uh, but he only ends up playing two. Um, where we, we he puts on uh, this vinyl and plays it, uh, and it basically explains that this is one of three Necronomicons. So, when I said earlier that this kind of um, posthumously changes the the kind of the idea of a reboot, it being like a new different thing of the 2012-2013 Evil Dead, what it's essentially saying is, is the one that Ash had to deal with in the original trilogy was one uh, Necronomicon. The one from the reboot was another one, and this is a third one. So they're all in the same universe. They're all a thing. They're all diff just they're all Necronomicons, but they're all slightly different. And that insinuates that these will raise different demons. Each Necronomicon will raise a different kind of demon. 
And what's why there's slight inconsistencies of how the demons work from the originals to the to the reboot to this one. So it is retroactively explaining it all in one sentence. And I love that. I love that they did that because it's just literally going, well, there's more than one book and they're all slightly different, different demons. And uh, the record says a priest wanted to translate the Necronomicon and everyone wanted them to to not. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a priest and he reads it to a room. Um, and um, one of the voices that says um, not to read from it is actually Bruce Campbell. So we do get Bruce Campbell in this film. It's just not as Ash. However, some people have said, well, there's time travel in the Evil Dead universe, so maybe it's Ash who's like time traveled back, you know, and he's there. That's actually Ash. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch, but hey, it's fun, right? So essentially, he reads uh, the... He plays the records and there's a reading. The priest reads from it anyway, which causes the release of the demon. Um, the mother is in the lift at this point. Or she's I think she was throwing something away. She was doing something uh, that required her to go up and down the lift. The lift, um, she gets possessed in the lift, quite violently possessed in the lift. Um, and the lift ends up being broken because of this. Uh, she's taken into the, she comes into the house, into the flat. Powers start aren't pretty much out, it's because you know, of the, the earthquake. It's, it's very dim lighting. She starts rambling. She starts telling that she wants the, the kids inside of her, and threatening, it's saying all thing, weird things. She passes out, starts having seizures. Seems like she's burning up. Um, and the possession has begun and from here it just goes wild like so much stuff happens in this film uh, with possession and things and it's just funny like there's loads of setup and callbacks um, it's just really well done um, like the mother just kind of goes off on one she starts violently attacking the family um, but playing with them at the same time she wants to, to you know, she wants to to, get, to swallow their souls. Right? The, the classic line that is said later on in this film. There's a few callbacks to the original on this one. Um, but, yeah, the possession things have started. I cannot do this justice by telling you the particulars of, of the possessions and things. But one by one, they all start to get possessed. Um, so the mother gets possessed first. Um, she attacks... Um, the, the family and as it goes she ends up uh, she ends up getting to a point where she attacks the the teen daughter uh, and she gets injured she attacks her with the tattoo gun which is brilliant and I think they manage to subdue her um, and then the teenage girl starts to act iffy uh, there's a scene that was they're talking about um, like what some of the images they've seen in the book and it flashes back to it. She starts throwing up like insects and um, so the so yeah it's gross and this is where the scene happens uh, where we she's clearly possessed she comes uh, like, um, I believe the, the Beth comes into the room sees that she's possessed because she's eating glass. She's just straight up eating glass because she was like throwing stuff up and she was like drinking water to try and like 
get it out and she's now eating the glass and she starts going I needed to get rid of the the monsters that were in my belly um, it's just grim and she starts attacking her and I just have to talk about this bit I'm not going to talk about all the scenes specifically for this one because it is difficult and um, like I said it's one of those how, you can't really describe just and then violence happens and then this happens and then the violence and violence you need to see it um, but the the teen daughter starts attacking her they're, they're, they're throwing kitchen utensils at each other uh, Beth throws a cheese grater at uh, the teenage daughter who catches it um, Beth ends on the floor she's trying to crawl away and the teen daughter grabs her leg she's wearing a dress by the way so her bare leg is exposed grabs her leg and just slams the cheese grater down on it and just drags it down the back of her calf and I felt that in my bones <laughs> it was just so fucking visceral to me i don't know why but it was just how aggressive and angry it was and that's the thing about this film and same with the reboot evil dead the violence is aggressive and it's 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 brutal it's not like built up it just happens like the things that happen in this one and um, just stuff like that it's just grabbing the calf dragging the knife that dragging the cheese grater down it getting stabbed with the the tattoo gun and um, there's chewing on the glass and you're just seeing it ripping a, 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 a mouth apart and um, seeing people just getting grabbed and just in like ripped apart very quickly and um, a lot of that happens they try and get out they realize they can't get out when well, again they do manage to subdue um, the two now that are possessed um, I believe the mother gets locked out of the apartment and then the teenage girl is stuck in there they manage to, they think they kill her and they manage to subdue her and as we all know that's not the case neither of them are all dead or anything um, and they find out that they can't get out they find this out early in the film that the lift is broken and the stairs have been demolished by the earthquake so that's the reason why they're stuck there there's a few other people who live on that floor. There's not many. I think there's in total four other people uh, who live on this floor. And through a series of events, they all get massacred. Like It's brutal massacring. Like It's just, yeah, they get massacred. Shotguns are involved. And like people just getting ripped apart, getting their throats ripped out. It's violent. It's visceral. And that's what happens a lot in this film. A lot of the violence, okay, I say it's just violent, it's visceral, and it's quick, and it's just very painful looking. And that's one of the things the Evil Dead films do. It's painful looking injuries. Um, like, as the film's going on, Beth keeps getting injured. Like, she gets cut in the leg, and she gets all these other injuries. And she's trying to protect this small family. She's trying to protect... Uh, the teenage daughter, she's been possessed, so she has to protect the teenage boy. He's freaking out because he knows all of this is his fault because he played the records. Um, they try and figure out what to do by playing the records again. Um, she's also trying to protect the little girl. The little girl made like a, a, a doll with a like on, on the end of a spear earlier, and that gets used to attack someone. It's fucking awesome. Like that foreshadowing of that was so good. Um, they listen to the third record to try and figure out what to do and how to get out of there. Um, there was another foreshadowing earlier in the in the 
in the book of like a weird conjoined monster that'll happen at some point uh, as the night will go on. Um, they, they so they, they need to get out of the building. They they need to figure it out. They try and get out. So it ends up just being uh, the little girl and Beth. The teen boy also falls out to the possession. They managed to get a shotgun, which was one of the other neighbours had the shotgun. That's why they had that gun. Um, they managed to get that gun. Um, it's very Evil Dead, Ash-esque. It's great. She uses that to blow a few limbs off. It's fucking awesome. Um, they're trying to get out. The hallway is littered with bodies. Uh, they get in the lift, and it manages to start working to go down. Um, as they're going down in the lift, it starts to fill with blood. And at the same time as this happening, the mother, the teen daughter, and the teen boy, their, the remnants of their corpses seem to start to meld into this, this weird eight-legged abomination. I know it may seem like I'm rushing through this one, guys. But that's why it's good because a lot of it is just you need to see it. Um, I'm just giving you a brief overview of kind of how it goes. Um, they go down. The the, the 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 lift fills with blood. It's very shining. Guess it's obviously a reference to the shining. It drops. The lift opens. Blood everywhere. Um, they try and get out of the building. They go and get in the car. Uh, and they try and get out, but then they realise that the, uh, the the gates won't open. The clicker isn't working to open the gates. Um, earlier in the film, one of the characters, uh, you find out his job is a lumberjack. This is important, because he says all of his tools are down in his truck. When we go down to the basement, this happened. we saw it briefly earlier in the film, and now we're seeing it now. Um there is a truck, and on the back of that truck is a wood chipper. I have a fucking rule. <laughs> if you put a wood chipper in a horror film, you better fucking use it. And it gets turned on at one point, so you know it's going to get used, and I was so pumped. So, while they're in the basement, trying to get out, the door, the gate won't open, they can't figure out how to get out, they're trying to figure out, the abomination shows up, this weird three-headed six-arm, six-leg thing shows up crawling and is chasing them down, trying to get them, trying to kill them. Uh, and also, just if you haven't figured it out, other we uh, other pe tool uh, a lumberjack uses is a fucking chainsaw. That's coming. Um, the abom it's This is one gripe. So I did say that it falls flat in a few areas. One gripe I have uh, with horror films do this, action films do this, a lot of films do this. When it's not the main character, the villain will just rip them apart. When it's the main character, they take their time, they taunt them, they tease them. Even though they've got them cornered, they don't just rip them apart. They take their time with it. They build tension. And I know it's there to kind of build suspense and build like, but don't show them them ripping other people apart. It, 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 but that's what happens in this film. Um, there's a moment where the the little girl is trapped, cornered by this abomination. And um, it's very slowly making its way towards her. And then Beth shows up, chainsaw, ready to fucking go. 
and and a battle starts with her and the, like Beth and the Abomination starts, and it ends up they they, they end up crawling over near the, behind the wood chipper. Uh, you think Beth's gonna get put into the wood chipper, but then something happens where the um, Beth gets the little girl to turn the wood chipper on, um, and to to suck in the Abomination, and it slowly but surely gets pulled into the wood chipper. The chainsaw comes in, chainsawing happens, and this thing just gets sucked into the wood chipper. And this is my other gripe with the film. The ending is extremely abrupt. It just happens very quickly. That that What I've just told you there, like a, a chase happens, someone gets cornered, the chainsaw comes out for a couple of minutes, something gets put in the wood chipper. That's basically all it does. It happens in a, a few minutes. It's not very long. Unlike the... The reboot, where the, the the climax was fucking epic, like there was the blood the blood rain, and the chainsaw hand, and the the fucking thing was following her around, and she was getting cut up. She had to pull her own hand off when she got caught under a trap. That's awesome in this one, but this one it feels like it just falls flat at the end. It feels like they didn't quite know how to end it, and this thing gets pulled into the wood chipper, and there's just blood and viscera everywhere. And eventually, um, Beth and the little girl manage to get out safely, and they leave. The film ends on the next morning. Next morning, there is a girl uh, who lives on a different floor, manages to go downstairs, goes into the parking garage, doesn't notice the blood and viscera everywhere. She's While she's doing this, she's on the phone to her friend saying... You're coming out to the cabin. You're coming out. I'm on my way to pick you up. And then we're going to go to the cabin. And we're going to have a good time. And you're going to see this guy and this guy. It's going to be awesome. My boyfriend's going to come. It's great. And then she gets in her car. And she finally notices the blood and viscera everywhere. And we get the classic Evil Dead POV. And then this girl, boom, clearly possessed. And that's the girl from the start of the film. Who was lying in bed sick that's her so it's kind of the the it's yeah it's it's done a loop it's shown you how we got to that point and how the the evil dead has risen and it started to spread already in this building um so that's the film essentially and I, I know i didn't go into many scenes so i just came out some of my favorite points and favorite bits uh, i skipped out a lot of kind of the fat of the film but it is very visceral. It's creepy. It's um, there's this moments of, of very good violence, but it's also got really unsettling moments in it as well. Like I said, other than the ending and the few stereotypes that I, I, I said I have a few gripes with, and that I'm, I wish writers would just make little tweaks, just come, just come up with something slightly more original. And um, it's a great movie. It it is definitely worth. The, it's, it's earned the Evil Dead name. It's fantastic. It's a re- eight out, like I said, eight out of ten before. Loved this movie, and like I said, the main thing I want from a movie is to be entertained. If I'm not entertained, I don't care how poor the plot is. Really, like I said I, I love slasher films. They're not vis- They're not like cerebral. They're just entertaining, and that's what this is. It's extremely entertaining and fun. It is a film to watch in the dark on Halloween. And the fact that it links all the films together, and maybe even the TV series, 
it just makes it good. It's just, I like that. They did it such a simple way. They didn't overcomplicate it. And it makes it so that in the future, it opens possibilities up. Yeah. That is my review for Evil Dead Rise. 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Apart from those tiny little things that I would have tried to change. Um, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. I hope you, you know, if you've seen The Evil Dead, I hope you really liked it. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's it's definitely one of my top films of the year so far. Like I said, um, apart from last week, it's, it's worlds apart from The Boogeyman. You know, it is just pure entertainment. I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, guys, and my review. Um, if you have enjoyed it, please, uh, you can help out by giving a follow. Uh, if you want to, please give me a five-star review. Um, that would m- help out massively, honestly. It, it, you don't realize how much just simply saying, if you enjoyed it, five stars, how much that will do for the for the podcast. Um, like I said, you can find me on Instagram at Boogie underscore man underscore dh. Um, if you also want to share this on your social media, I would really appreciate it. Getting more eyes on the pod, it's just going to help it out even more. Because you know what, I am really enjoying doing this, and I want to do it for as long as I can. Um, if you want to support the channel even further, I have set up a Patreon, and um, it's from little a little as three dollars a month. Um, and from that, you can get. Depending on what tier you join, you'll get bonus episodes. I've just done one on The Exorcist 2 uh, with a, a special guest. Um, and you'll get movie commentaries. Uh, I will be posting on there at least once a week. Um, so you're going to get bonus stuff. You'll even be able to get a shout out on the show. Ask me a question. And it will help massively I mean, to be able to support this. And I would really appreciate it if, you, if, you, if you're happy to do that. If not, other ways to support, just dropping a like, dropping a review. It would mean so much to me, guys. Um, but that's it. I will leave it there. Uh, I have a, I have a few episodes that are going to be coming up. I have films that I want to do. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be in the bag not long after today. Uh, so every Wednesday, I will be dropping a new episode. Um, but I have been Dan, a.k.a. The Boogeyman. And one last thing to say, guys, is happy watching. It's all true. The Boogeyman is real.